Good evening, this is Caleb Arnd with the Walk with God podcast. Tonight is April 3rd, 2020, and we're going to be reading from Psalm 75, Deuteronomy chapter 23 and tw- through 25, Proverbs chapter 12, verses 12 through 14, and Luke chapter 10, verses 13 through 37 tonight. Uh, before we get started, let's open with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, please be with us in our study of your word tonight. Please be with our country, Lord God. Uh, please be with all those that are fighting this coronavirus that are um, that are staying indoors more that are closing closing off some of this aspect some of these aspects of how we live our lives in, in society in, in our social interactions how we're staying a little bit further away from people Lord I pray that you would help us to find other ways to stay connected and to stay close together Lord please help us to reach out to our neighbors when they are in need please help us to to do the safe thing and uh, the safe things that in terms of either if we need to wear gloves or masks if we need to stay at least a few feet away from each other and to um and to not go to some of the places that we just need to go to lord i pray that you would make good use out of this time i pray that you would close down the liquor stores that you would close the bars that you would close the beer distributors that you would um you would defeat the purposes and defeat the plans of drug dealers and of gangs and of uh, criminals and of the wicked. Lord, I pray that you would lift up your word and your truth. Give wisdom, knowledge, and discernment to our leaders all throughout the world. Help them to make the wise and smart decisions and the right decisions. Lord, I pray for the missionaries and for your pastors and for your preachers. Please give them the word to speak and to preach. Please protect our first responders and please provide for all of your missionaries. Lord, thank you for all these things and please give us your message that you want us to take from your word tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, Psalm 75. To the chief musician, uh, a psalm or psalm of Asaph. Unto thee, O God, do we give thanks. Unto thee do we give thanks, for that thy name is near, thy wondrous works declare. When I shall receive the congregation, I will judge uprightly. The earth and all the inhabitants thereof are dissolved. I bear up the pillars of it. Selah. I said unto the fools, Deal not foolishly, and to the wicked, lift not up the horn. Lift not up your horn on high. Speak not with a stiff neck. For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge. He putteth down one, and setteth up another. For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup, and the wine is red, it is full of mixture. And he poureth out of the same. But the dregs thereof, all the wicked of the earth, shall wring them out, and drink them. But I will declare forever, I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. All the horns of the wicked also will I cut off, but the horns of the righteous shall be exalted. And so... Here we have, in Psalm 75, the psalmist giving thanks unto the God, giving unto thee do we give thanks, it says, for that thy name is near, thy wondrous works declare. And so the Lord is always close. He's always close to his creation. He's always close to us, his created and his saved. And we also see that uh, a warning for, to the wicked not to lift up their horn, it says. Uh, to the wicked, lift not up the horn. Lift not up your horn on high. Speak not with a stiff neck. And so the horn was a symbol of might and of power. And many times throughout the Old Testament, it's referred to, and this same exact Hebrew word uh, is used 
to speak of ram's horns and the horn of a unicorn. And then also for men, it says, my horn is lifted up. And so this is talking about the strength and might of the person or possibly the crown of the head in countenance and in rejoicing. And uh, they're in their spirit, when its spirits, uh, their spirit is lifted up as well, along with their strength and might. And say, so it's warning the foolish and the wicked not to think that they are uh, lifted up on high and not to be proud and not to be of a rebellious or stiff neck. But it says that, that promotion comes neither from the east nor the west nor the south, but from God. And so God, here we have the doctrine that God places people in power. He allows people to come into power. He allows government leaders to be placed into power. And we will see also in the book of Romans later this year that all of those people that have been placed into power, God has allowed to become judges and governors over us so that they could punish the wicked and keep uh, the wicked and wickedness and evil in the world at least somewhat at bay. That is their job and their duty but not always do they faithfully execute that. And we also see, for the hand of the Lord, there is a cup, and the wine is red, and it's full of mixture. And so the Lord has things that are prepared, both as a reward, but also as a punishment. And he, it says he poureth out the same, but the dregs thereof, all the wicked of the earth shall wring them out and drink them. And so the dregs of that cup, the, uh, the very worst of it, is going to come upon the wicked. But I will declare forever, I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. All the horns of the wicked also will I cut off. And so here it's declaring that all of the strength and the might of the wicked shall be cut off. But the horns of the righteous, the strength and the might, and the head of those that are righteous shall be exalted. And so we can trust in the Lord to deliver us to do, and to provide for us and to lift us up when we are in need. Now, in Deuteronomy, we're going to read from chapters 23 through 25 tonight, and it says, He that is wounded in the stones, or hath his privy, privy member cut off, shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. A bastard shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord, even to his tenth generation shall he not enter into the congregation of the Lord. An Ammonite or Moabite shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord, even to their tenth generation shall they not enter into the congregation of the Lord forever. Because they met you not with bread and with water in the way when he came forth out of Egypt, and because they hired against thee Balaam, the son of Beor of Pethor, of Mesopotamia, to curse thee. Nevertheless, the Lord thy God would not hearken to, unto Balaam, but the Lord thy God turned the curse into a blessing unto thee, because the Lord thy God loved thee. Thou shalt not seek their peace, nor their prosperity, all thy days forever. Thou shalt not abhor an Edomite, for he is thy brother. Thou shalt not abhor an Egyptian, because thou wast a stranger in his land. The children that are begotten of them shall enter into the congregation of the Lord in their third generation. When the host goeth forth against thine enemies, then keep thee from every wicked thing. If there be among you any man that is not clean by reason of uncleanness that chanceth him by night, then shall he go abroad out of the camp, he shall not come within the camp. But it shall be, when the evening cometh on, he shall wash himself with water, and when the sun is down, he shall come into the camp again. Thou shalt have a place also without the camp, whither thou shalt go forth abroad, and thou shalt have a paddle upon thy weapon, and it shall be when thou wilt ease thyself abroad, thou shalt dig therewith, and shalt turn back, and cover that which cometh from thee. For the Lord thy God walketh in the midst of thy camp to deliver thee, and to keep, give up thine enemies before thee. Therefore shall thy camp be holy, that he see no unclean thing in thee, and turn away from thee. 
Thou shalt not deliver unto his master the servant which is escaped from his master unto thee. He shall dwell with thee, even among you, in that place which he shall choose in one of thy gates, where it liketh him best. Thou shalt not oppress him. There shall be no whore of the daughters of Israel, nor a sodomite of the sons of Israel. Thou shalt not bring the hire of a whore, or the price of a dog, into the house of the Lord thy God for any vow, for even both these are abomination unto the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not lend upon usury to thy brother, usury of money, usury of victuals, usury of anything that is lent upon usury. Unto a stranger thou mayest lend upon usury, but unto thy brother thou shalt not lend upon usury, that the Lord thy God may bless thee in all that thou settest thine hand to in the land whither thou goest to possess it. When thou shalt vow a vow unto the Lord thy God, thou shalt not slack to pay it. For the Lord thy God will surely require it of thee, and it would be sin in thee. But if thou shalt forbear to vow, it shall be no sin in thee. That which is gone out of thy lips thou shalt keep and perform, even a free will offering, according as thou hast vowed unto the Lord thy God, which thou hast promised with thy mouth. When thou comest into thy neighbor's vineyard, then thou mayest eat grapes thy fill at thine own pleasure, but thou shalt not put any in thy vessel. When thou comest into the standing corn of thy neighbor, thou, then thou mayest pluck the ears with thine hand, but thou shalt not move a sickle unto thy neighbor's standing corn. Chapter 24 When a man hath taken a wife, and married her, and it come to pass that she find no favor in his eyes, because he hath found some uncleanness in her, then let him write her a bill of divorcement, and give it in her hand, and send her out of his house. And when she is departed out of his house, she may go and be another man's wife. And if the latter husband hate her, and write her a bill of divorcement, and giveth it in her hand, and sendeth her out of his house, or if the latter husband die, which took her to be his wife, her former husband, which sent her away, may not take her again to be his wife, after that she is defiled. For that is abomination before the Lord, and thou shalt not cause the land to sin, which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance. When a man hath taken a new wife, he shall not go out to war, neither shall he be charged with any business, but he shall be free at home one year, and shall cheer up his wife which he hath taken. No man shall take the nether or the upper millstone to pledge, for he taketh a man's life to pledge. If a man be found stealing any of his brethren of the children of Israel, and maketh merchandise of him, or selleth him, then that thief shall die, and thou shalt put away evil from among you. Take heed in the plague of leprosy that thou observe diligently, and do according to all that the priests of the Levites shall teach you, as I commanded them, so ye shall observe to do. Remember what the Lord thy God did unto Miriam by the way, after that ye were come forth out of Egypt. When thou dost lend thy brother anything, thou shalt not go into his house to fetch his pledge. Thou shalt stand abroad, and the man to whom thou dost lend shall bring out the pledge broad unto thee. And if the man be poor, thou shalt not sleep with his pledge. In any case, thou shalt deli deliver him the pledge again, when the sun goeth down, that he may sleep in his own raiment, and bless thee. And it shall be righteousness unto thee before the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not oppress an hired servant that is poor and needy, needy, whether he be of thy brethren, or of thy strangers that are in thy land within thy gates. At his day thou shalt give him his hire, neither shall the son go down upon it, for he is poor, and setteth his heart upon it, lest he cry against thee unto the Lord, and it be sin unto thee. The fathers shall not be put to death for the children, neither shall the children be put to death for the fathers. Every man shall be put to death for his own sin. 
Thou shalt not pervert the judgment of the stranger, nor of the fatherless, nor take a widow's raiment to pledge. But thou shalt remember that thou wast a bondman in Egypt, and the Lord thy God redeemed thee thence. Therefore I command thee to do this thing. When thou cuttest down thine harvest in thy field, and hast forgot a sheaf in the field, thou shalt not go again to fetch it. It shall be for the stranger, for the fatherless, and for the widow, that the Lord thy God may bless thee in all the work of thine hands. When thou beatest thine olive tree, thou shalt not go over the boughs again. It shall be for the stranger, for the fatherless, and for the widow. When thou gatherest the grapes of thy vineyard, thou shalt not glean it afterward. It shall be for the stranger, for the fatherless, and for the widow. And thou shalt remember that thou wast a bondman in the land of Egypt. Therefore I command thee to do this thing. Chapter 25 if there be a controversy between men, and they come unto judgment, that the judges may judge them, then they shall justify the righteous, and condemn the wicked. And it shall be, if the wicked man be worthy to be beaten, that the judge shall cause him to lie down, and to be beaten before his face, according to his fault, by a certain number. Forty stripes he may give him, and not exceed, lest, if he should exceed, and beat him above these with many stripes, then thy brother should seem vile unto thee. Thou shalt not muzzle the ox when he treadeth out the corn. If brethren dwell together, and one of them die, and have no child, the wife of the dead shall not marry without unto a stranger. Her, husband, uh, her husband's brother shall go in unto her, and take her to, be, to him to wife, and perform the duty of an husband's brother unto her. And it shall be that the firstborn which she beareth shall succeed in the name of his brother which is dead, that his name be not put out of Israel. And if the man like not to take his brother's wife, then let his brother's wife go up to the gate unto the elders, and say, My, brother, my husband's brother refuseth to raise up unto his brother a name in Israel. He will not perform the duty of my husband's brother. Then the elders of his city shall call him, and speak unto him. And if he, if he stand to it, and say, I like not to take her, then shall his brother's wife come unto him in the presence of the elders, and loose his shoe from off his foot, and spit in his face, and shall answer, and say, So shall it be done unto that man that will not build up his brother's house. And his name shall be called in Israel, The house of him that hath his shoe loosed. When men strive together one with another, and the wife of the one draweth near for to deliver her husband out of the hand of him that smiteth him, and putteth forth her hand, and taketh him by the secrets, then thou shalt cut off her hand, thine eye shall not pity her. Thou shalt not have in thy bag diverse weights, a great and a small. Thou shalt not have in thine house diverse measures, a great and a small. But thou shalt have a perfect and just weight, a perfect and just measure shalt thou have, that thy days may be lengthened in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. For all that do such things, and all that do unrighteously, are an abomination unto the Lord thy God. Remember what Amalek did unto thee by the way, when ye were come forth out of Egypt, how he met thee by the way, and smote the hindmost of thee, even all that were feeble behind thee, when thou wast faint and weary, and he feared not God. Therefore it shall be, when the Lord thy God hath given thee rest from all thine enemies round about, in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance to possess it, that thou shalt blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven, thou shalt not forget it. Here in chapter 23, we have several different uh, instructions and commandments from the Lord. And so we, at first we have um, he that has been wounded or he that has a, is a descendant um, out of wedlock of a, a man and a woman uh, shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. An Ammonite or a Moabite also shall not enter because of the, uh, the thing with Balaam, the son of Beor, where he 
uh, caused women of the Midianites to go unto the children of Israel and to draw them away out of lust, away from God. Then also we have a commandment not to abhor an Edomite or an Egyptian because the Edomites are their brethren or their cousins and the Egyptians because thou was a stranger in his land. Then we also have commands to keep themselves clean and if anybody is found unclean, he'll wash himself and wash his clothes in water and be unclean until the even. And when the even comes, which is considered the next day, then he can go back into his house and rest in his own house then, unless it's a plague of leprosy and then they have to follow the instructions of the priests and the Levites. Uh, when they go and they use the bathroom, they're to go outside of the camp and they're not to just go anywhere they're pleased. They're not just to leave it where it is. They're supposed to dig a hole and then covereth it uh, and cover it with the, the dirt so that uh, they don't have to worry about diseases and sicknesses spreading amongst them in their camp and also because they want to keep a clean and ordered camp and environment for the Lord as well. <clears throat> it says also a commandment in verse 17, There shall be no whore of the daughters of Israel, nor a sodomite of the sons of Israel. And so women are to keep their virginity until marriage. Uh, men are to keep their virginity until marriage. And they're not to uh, go and sell themselves as in prostitution. And they're not to go and become homosexuals because that is commanded against by the Lord God. And these are direct commandments from him. Thou shalt not lend upon usury to thy brother. So unto all the rest of the people of Israel, they were not to lend with any credit. They were not to lend with any interest. If they were to borrow something of their neighbor, it was just to be borrowed, and then the exact same amount would be repaid by the the correct just value. And they could lend upon usury or with interest unto strangers in their land, but not to the other people of Israel. Also, here we have in verses 24 and 25, if they go into any field or any vineyard or anywhere that there was food growing, they could eat whatever they take into their own hand, but they were not allowed to put anything in a vessel to take it away. And so that was the same for any of the standing corn, it says, or the wheat, or the barley, or any of the grapes that they want to eat in any of those fields. Now, in chapter 24, it also uh, gives commandments about divorce. And so um, we have to compare these also to the, the commands that Jesus gives in the New Testament to give it context. And so uh, Jesus says that out of the hardness of their hearts, the, Moses uh, gave this command and this instruction, but it was only out of the hardness of the hearts of men. But from the beginning, it was not so. From the beginning, God made them male and female, and uh, they would leave their father and their mother and, and to join one another and cleave unto his wife, and they twain would be one flesh. And what God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. So it was, it was never in the will of God for anyone to ever get divorced. But because of the hardness of their hearts, they made an allowment for divorce, and this is the instructions in that, that when a man uh, is displeased with his wife, he can give her a bill of divorcement, and she would go back to her own family, her father and mother's house, her father's tent, or her father's tribe, and then she could get married again after that to a different man, but if she gets divorced again, or if her new husband dies, the first husband and her are not ever allowed to get married again. Well, what would be the cause of this? Why would they put this in here? The 
the reason they put this in here was so that they would not create a, some type of family money-making or inheritance-making schemes in Israel and to prevent them from trying to divorce once, go get married to somebody who's about to die but is really wealthy, um, and get him, as after he died, get all the inheritance or part of the inheritance or part of the money and part of the land and stuff like that, then go back and marry the first husband to uh, gain all the property and all the wealth into their family and into their marriage. And so to prevent any of that, even from being a temptation, the Lord commands against uh, even allowing the wife to return back to her first husband. Then also new husbands, newlywed husbands are commanded not to go out and do any, be charged with any business and not to go out and go forth to war or anything like that so that he can stay at home for a full year and cheer up his wife. And that first year of marriage was incredibly important and it still is today. And so as much as possible, newlyweds should take that first year for themselves to try to get to know one another and to grow in their marriage relationship and to start off their marriage in a great way with a great first first year. Then in also chapter 24, there's the commandments to take heed in the plague of leprosy to do all that the priests and the Levites command them to do, and also to not take a pledge of thy brother or pledge of anyone in Israel and to sleep with it, especially if they're poor and needy, lest they cry against thee unto the Lord. And so they're commanded to give back that pledge, especially if it's a garment or one of those cloaks that we looked at yesterday, one of those uh, traveling cloaks or one of those large cloaks that we would, would be using used for their bedding and for their, their blankets and stuff like that as well. Thou shalt not oppress a hired servant that is poor and needy. Thou shalt not pervert the judgment of the stranger nor of the fatherless or nor take a widow's raiment to pledge. And so the widow is to be uh, revered and take taken care of and provided for. And also the, the same uh, fields and vineyards and things that we were just talking about, if a branch or if a uh, a, a sheaf is left out in the field after all the grain, all of the wheat, all of the barley and everything has been gathered into the harvest, but uh, a sheaf is forgotten or a wrapped bundle of all these stalks are left in the field, it, there's, they're commanded not to go back and get it. It's left for the fatherless and for the widow. And so this was the Lord's way of pro, uh, providing for the widows and for the children and for those that don't have a family to provide for them. And the Lord was commanding to provide for them by allowing them to go out and do their own work by gathering in the leftovers and the food that's um, left in the fields for them to gather. And this way, even the, the poor and even the strangers and even the fatherless and the widows would be able to go and get their daily food just by gathering it themselves, even if they didn't have their own land. Now in chapter 25, it says, if a controversy between men, uh, if there be a controversy between men, then let them go to the judge, let the, the judge judge rightly and find the the innocent, innocent, the guilty, guilty, the right, right, and the wrong, wrong. And if any man is needed to uh, be corrected and chastened for his wrong attitude and for his wickedness, then immediately they shall cause him to lie down and be beaten before the judge's face, um, not anywhere else and not at any other time, but immediately and by a certain number, not to exceed 40 stripes, lest thy brother uh, seem violent to thee, it says. So so that um, 
they would prevent any serious injury and damage to the people and also so that they would prevent people from being hated or looked down upon or looked at as if they are just a wicked criminal who will always just be a wicked criminal they uh, limit the correction and they limit the punishment to this number and because of that they would also and we see that the principles of punishment and discipline are it is painful and it is immediate and it is prompt and it is in a way that um, the person will remember they will not forget this and they cannot just brush it off too they're probably going to be left with uh, some definitely some stinging red marks that they will probably feel for a couple of days afterwards as well and continue to remember that if they do wickedly they will be punished and so that way they can remember that and do well for the rest of their lives in this chapter the lord also commands to give a perfect and just weight you don't use any diverse weights or diverse measures or diverse scoops or anything like that you'll have a just and correct weight so that when you go and you are trading in the marketplace you're not making um you're not making a ton of a fortune or a lot of money off of your your brethren by cheating them and so th and that would bring in the lord and his judgment and so the, the lord hates an unjust and imperfect weight and balance but he loves a just and perfect weight and balance you also see that a if a brother dies if a man dies and has a wife and he has a brother that they are living close to one another the wife shall go and become the wife of the dead man's brother and that way he can raise up children unto his brother's name and each name will be able to be continued in the land of israel even if a man dies his name will continue on and so we actually don't have this today say there was a say there was a, a man of one family he had like a cousin or so and they were of a different family name and like um the smiths and the bakers and well all the bakers died well then the smiths they would be able to go and raise up a a child unto the name of the bakers so the bakers name could continue on but um it there was also a provision for the husband uh, or the brother not to take up his brother's wife and to continue to provide for their family. And this was, but there would, there would be shame uh, brought with this as well. And she would go and loose his shoe from his foot. And that shoe was sometimes uh, seen as possession or ownership. And if his uh, possession or ownership is removed, then this was a shame upon them. And they would always see a man that only had one shoe, and his name and his family's name would be uh, remembered as this as well. Then the Lord also give his command that when they come in, into the land and they're given a rest, they'll remember the Amalekites and not forget them, and not forget what the Amalekites did to them when they struck them, struck them in their weak parts, struck them in their um, the weary and the weak that and the feeble that were following after all of the people of Israel when they were marching to go to the promised land. And so we'll see this in the book of 1 Samuel when the Lord commands Saul as the first king of Israel to go and smite the Amalekites. And we'll see that later this year. Now we're going to turn to the book of Proverbs and we're going to read from 
Proverbs chapter 12, verses 12 through 14. And it says, The wicked desireth the net of evil men, but the root of the righteous yieldeth fruit. The wicked is snared by the transgression of his lips, but the just shall come out of trouble. A man shall be justified with the good by the fruit of his mouth, and the recompense of a man's hands shall be rendered unto him. Here we see that the wicked... Uh, desires the net of evil men. He, he wants to set these snares. He wants to set these traps. But the root of the righteous, it says, yieldeth fruit. And so the righteous are like a tree, and they are like a plant that is planted well and has grown its roots into the earth and grown it into a well and good way that will provide its own fruit. But the wicked, they want the fruit and they want the providence of other people. And so the wicked is snared by this transgression and even by the transgression of his lips, how he tries to deceive. But the just shall come out of that trouble. The Lord will deliver them and by his principles they shall be delivered out of that. A man shall be satisfied by with good by the fruit of his mouth. And so if a man speaks rightly and does well and is known to have a good character and truthful and honest and is honest, then he can always be trusted and that shall um, bring him into good relationships with good dealings with other people and the recompense of his hands, the good hard work that he does shall be repaid to him and by the fruit of that labor. Now we're going to the, turn to the book of Luke. We're going to read from chapter 10, verses 13 through 37 tonight. Chapter 10, verse 13 says, Woe unto thee, Chorazin! Woe unto thee, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works had been done in Tyre and Sidon, which have been done in you, they had a great while ago repented, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And thou, Capernaum, which art exalted to heaven, shalt be thrust down to hell. He that heareth you heareth me, and he that despiseth you despiseth me, and he that despiseth me despiseth him that sent me. And the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding, in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. In that hour Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered to me of my Father, and no man knoweth who the Son is but the Father, and who the Father is but the Son, and he to whom the Son will reveal him. And he turned him unto his disciples, and said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see the things that ye see. For I tell you, that many prophets and kings have desired to see those things which ye see, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear, and have not heard them. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, and wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. 
and by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him, and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And he went to him, and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence, and gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three, thinkest thou, was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go, and do thou likewise. So Jesus begins verse 13 of our reading today in the chapter 10 of the book of Luke by saying, Woe, and this is a, a title, this is a statement of um, almost like prophesied suffering. And so, woe unto you, woe unto the Chorazin, woe unto the Bethsaida. Uh, great and almost like a, a command of fear and terror and problems and suffering that will come upon them. For if the mighty works had been done in Tyre and Sidon, which had been done in you, they had a great while ago repented, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. They had seen directly the miracles of the Lord Jesus Christ. They had heard him preach unto them repentance, and the kingdom of heaven is at hand, because Jesus Christ, the King, is at hand, and within reach of them being able to reach out and touch him even. But it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the judgment, because they did and would have repented if these things had been had been done in them and he says similar things about Capernaum and judging them and he says went to his 70 disciples come back to him and are rejoicing because they healed people and they cast out devil devils and um, the devils were subject unto them it says and he says and he starts out his statement to them kind of strangely. He starts about talking about heaven and about Satan and Lucifer and the devils that they are talking about. I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Here we see that Satan was in heaven. He was an angel and he uh, was cast out of heaven and falling from li as lightning, it says, from heaven. And behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and tread on scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And so Jesus has given his disciples power over the enemy through him. Notwithstanding, in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rejoice because your names are written in heaven. It's more important that, that people are saved and they are trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ and that their names are written in the Lamb's book of life in heaven than for them to have power or authority that maybe cannot save them on this earth. But the Lord Jesus, he is that which saves. So the Lord Jesus here, he's also declaring that he has not called the greatest and the wisest and the most spiritual or the most religious, but he has called unto him. And he says that he's uh, the wise things of God have been revealed unto babes. Even so, Father, for it seemed good in thy sight. God loves to lift up the lowly in heart and in humility and spirit so that he can lift them up and so that others can see that he can use anybody. And it is by God, not by man's stature. And many prophets and kings have desired to see these things, to hear that preached unto you, which Jesus is pre preaching. And so a lawyer stands up and he's trying to tempt Jesus. And so, um, and 
or maybe he actually does have a real question here and he's asking how do i get eternal life how do i inherit eternal life and he says what's written in the law uh, love the lord your god with all your mind with all your heart with all of your soul and with all of your strength and their neighbor is thyself he says and thou hast answered right this do and thou shalt live jesus responds to him but he willing to justify himself said unto jesus well who's my neighbor um and so he thinking well I've already taken care of the people that I care about, and so I'm already doing the right thing, right? And so Jesus doesn't use uh, a parable or a, an explanation of the scriptures like he probably would th was thinking that he might, but instead he uses a parable talking about how a uh, a man was hit by some, some thieves on his way to Jericho, and from Jerusalem, it says, and so this was possibly a Jewish man that was going to Jericho, which was known to be in Samaria, and a priest from uh, the from Jerusalem passed by, and a Levite passed by, and neither one of them take care of him, even though he, uh, both of them are in the jobs and in the positions of serving in Israel and to provide for healing and for religious uh, providence in Israel. But both of them ignore him and just go on their way. But a Samaritan, a Samaritan man, who it, the Jews thought were these just wicked, vile, like child-eating people that were rejected by Jewish society, he comes and he has compassion and mercy on him. And so he, Jesus is using a parable of someone that they looked were looking down on as the deliverer in this parable and so that samaritan man he as he journeyed he took of his own money of his own time of his own oil and wine and he healed the man's wounds he poured in wine as disinfectant he poured in oil as almost like antibiotic ointment uh that he could they could pour in these wounds and wrap them and bound them and set him on his own beast and so instead of riding he led his own donkey or horse while that was carrying this man as he was injured to an inn where he then also paid of his own money to take care of him and so this is also an illustration of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. He has taken us from our lowly state where we could not help ourselves. He has healed us. He has sealed us. He has made us clean and made us whole, and he has provided a house for us and eternal life for us as well. But the also the, also the instruction of this parable is that um, for uh, for the neighbor, for who is a neighbor, this Samaritan man, learn from that those people that you look down on and know that anybody that is close to you, anybody that is in need, is your neighbor. And which was the neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he, the lawyer said, he that showed mercy on him. And then said Jesus unto him, go and do thou likewise. So we must show others mercy, especially during this time period when there is so much going on where people are just looking out for themselves. They're trying to uh, keep their families safe, which rightly we should keep our families safe, but we can also have mercy on our neighbors. We can show them the love of God by doing so. Friend, thank you for studying the word of God with me tonight. I hope it's been a blessing for you. 
And if you have any praise reports or prayer requests, I know that there must be so many prayers and prayer needs going on right now. Please send them to me at wwgcaleb at gmail.com. That's wwgcaleb, wwgcaleb at gmail.com. And I'll be sure to look for those. Thanks once again for listening. We'll see you tomorrow for the next Walk With God podcast.